Hello and welcome to our first episode of our new podcast series, The Evolution from Dark Data to Insight, Data Management in a Circular Economy. In this series, we will discuss the different challenges you can face during the evolution of your data. And each episode, we are joined by one of our experts to provide you with best practices, tips and tricks. If you would like to know more about the steps you need to take to transform your data, don't forget to download our ebook at ibermountain.nl slash circular-economy-ebook. My name is Jennifer Amsterdam and today we're going to discuss the basics of dark data and we will help you, help you overcome some compliance and security challenges that are aligned with that. I'm being joined by our digital solutions expert, Rob Meulenberg, who has been with Iron Mountain for several years as a senior business development manager and data protection officer. So welcome, uh, Rob. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, uh, it's glad to join. Yeah. So, uh, so Rob, data is widely acknowledged as uh, being one of the most valuable assets in modern businesses. And today, uh, businesses and consumers are even generating a staggering two and a half exabytes of data every day. And we have been hearing the term dark data a lot. Could you start by explaining why this specific topic is so uh, important? Yes, thank you for the question. Uh, yes, this topic is important rather for everyone. It can be important for big and small companies, for governments, and even for our natural persons. Everyone has a certain volume of dark data in her reach. Dark data is consuming digital storage, uh, and therefore it's consuming uh, energy, uh, even partly unnecessary energy, because it's, it's dark, you don't know what it is. So that's the main reason to talk about the dark data topic. Yeah, and could you elaborate a bit more on what is meant by dark data? Yeah, dark data, it's, it's quite all in the name. This is data which is there, somewhere stored in perhaps multiple repositories, network drives, your local laptop drive, in emails, and in every place you can think of, you can store data. Next to, to these direct user accessible storage locations, uh, you, you choose them yourself, is everything also backup, perhaps twice backup, uh, either digitally or on tape. So lots of these storage repositories are facil facilitated by data centers and backup storage, tape storage services and centers. All these services and centers will use energy and generate costs and therefore an environmental footprint. And we have to, to think about our, our environmental uh, footprint all the way. Dark data can be anything. What we as users have collected, we collect data to do our job, or have received, uh, by example, an email with several attachments. That can be emails we want to receive or unwanted emails, or data we ourselves have produced in, in, in our daily, daily job. So we, we make Word documents, we make Excel sheets. So everything is possible to be uh, dark data in, in future. All the data we have collected, received, and produced, we will use it in some way. And that can be databases, recording, videos, office documents, and so forth. All these formats 
can be found in dark data. So the first, what is dark data? Any format of data you can think of. Typically, after we use the data, we store it. We store it somewhere needed and accessible for the current project or for the current work you are busy with. But normally when a project is finished, the data is still stored at, for that moment, convenient place. But in most cases, it's not archived. So it's still residing on the, on the net, network drive used for the project and no one cares about it anymore. Over time, this data is stored anywhere. And normally there are no archive or uh, governance rules applied. So this data is somewhere without any retention and it's becoming more far away from, from use uh, by every day. After some years, even the original use and users aren't valid anymore. We, yeah, we don't know why we have the data, why we collected it, why we used it. And the users which have used the data for their projects have moved on to other jobs or another job within the same firm. So in the end, no one knows exactly what data was collected, for what use, and where, where it is residing now. It's somewhere, especially when, uh, when we have net network changes or we're changing from on-prem to cloud storage. No one knows where the data resides anymore. But when you look close to yourself, uh, don't forget your personal email history or 10,000 plus emails. Everyone has a large email history. We keep those emails in folders in our email tree, tree or in PST files, and we never use them again. Thinking up loud, our email boxes should have a limited, uh, reasonable size storage behind it instead of the hay barn volumes we get nowadays. We can store 20,000 emails and we never look back in email older than one or two years. For yourself, when you think of it, when did you actually search and use an email of five or, five or four years ago? I think no one does anymore. I think all of our listeners can relate to the amount of emails we have in our inboxes. Uh, I'm sure I can. Um, do you have any other examples of how dark data comes into play um, in your average workday? Yes, yes, of course. Check, for example, your Windows Explorer tree. Yeah. We all store our our day-to-day -day, uh, information and data in folders in the Explorer tree. But when you take one specific tree and go to, to the very end branch of it, so the, the folder who is most in the in the right hand uh, lower corner and start looking in it into it mostly you will find information which is in there for some years and you didn't touch it for the last two years i guess the majority of those end trees and folders are there for many years and not being used anymore another place the regular question, I can't find information. Yeah, no, when you have that kind of trees, you won't find it. Uh, 
but you know that the information is somewhere because you used it a year ago for uh, for an analysis but you can't find it right now anymore so generally people go back to the email because in your email you have a lot of data uh, sitting in in attachments you find eventually the email from from a year ago when you have to write PST pick up again the database which was sent over to you and work on this version of the database again after the work done of course you will store this database in a new branch of the tree uh, putting it in there because you did your work and this part will be again perhaps eligible for new dark data coming soon because you don't attach the regular uh, archive inspects to it. So when data isn't archived, you need to search for data instead of finding it. I'll try to explain it a bit more. When you have an archive regulation, archive policies, they will tell you how you, you need to store data, what retention should be applied, and what are the guidelines from your company to store and find back data. So then you find by data instead of searching for it. Yeah, and uh, Rob, you talk to our customers on a daily basis, and dark data is often part of this conversation. What kind of challenges are uh, are most common? What are businesses struggling with? Yeah, lots of clients, at least the majority, they know they collect data and they store data because it's necessary to do the job or to deliver a, a service. But they haven't it inside anymore. The darkness covers up location, knowledge, and therefore the data specification. This generates a risk. When data isn't archived, it isn't governed, it has no retention period. Yes, 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 somewhere it has a retention for always, but that isn't allowed. And that's exactly what generates the risk. When you have data longer than necessary, you can face uh, risks of compliance. When I look in Europe, GDPR clearly states out that when there isn't any ground to use this data anymore, it should be destroyed as soon as possible. You also will need to prove and show that this data is destroyed correctly. When you can't do, you can be fined for it. In the end, uh, when, when you don't work correctly with data, you, you have to accept a certain no compliance risk. And of course, the general public, the people you're working for are data subjects, people like you or me who request to your company, what data do you have from me? Because I'm a customer of yours and what, what kind of data do you have? When you can't answer those questions correctly, the GDPR states that you can be fined with very heavy fines. So these, this is a really challenge. The risk challenge is, is, is a struggle for a lot of companies. 
Yeah, and the, the keeping data forever, that's, uh, that's an interesting one. And we'll definitely continue the conversation on information governance, retention rules, and even organizational silos in one of our other uh, podcasts, if you're interested. But for now, um, compliance, security, privacy, they have always been hot topics. And in EMEA, it exploded when the GDPR came into effect. There was a lot of discussion last year and again this year with, for example, the vaccination passports or digital green certificates as the European Commission is calling them. Why do you think these topics are so uh, so hot? Yes, as I, as I mentioned earlier, new regulations will pop up more and more. Eh? GDPR is only one of them. Eh? As you mentioned, the vaccine passport, uh, the vaccination, everything around that issue is very private, private sensitive. It, it has to do something with, with your health. And basically everyone knows that this data is collected and used. So more and more people will ask themselves, why, why is this data collected for me, for the vaccine? Uh, it, it's, it's clearly, it has, it has to be kept. It has to be registered some, somewhere so that I can travel when I want. But the why is it is is the collection needed is is a very big question from everyone next to the, the, the question how is this data secured who has access to this data who has access to my personal data who knows what kind of vaccine i got when i got it so security is needed to prove that data is handled in a in a very secure way when this security is handled, the first step to compliance is set, because when you don't have security, you can't be compliant to any regulation and you can't be compliant to the public you're working for. Yeah. And what are some of the, the risks that your clients easily um, forget, but are important to mention? Yeah, when, when I relate that one to dark data, because that's, that's our main topic, uh, when you have a data breach in your data stores of the data you know, you know there is a breach. When you have a data breach in your dark data storage, you perhaps even don't know that there was a breach. So you also don't know what data was involved, what data was breached, what kind of security issues do we have? There are all hard questions to answer to the authorities. You have to be transparent upon to say I have a breach when you can't answer those questions because the data was dark data it's it's it, it's 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 not not the way you want to handle to those authorities because they will say you are not compliant and start finding you immediately so normally those those data breaches in the dark data area are, are not discovered actively, they are accidentally discovered, and they can already be in there for some years. So someone can get data from your network and data from your customers, clients, whatever, when it's in the dark data area, and you don't even know it. And I think a lot of people easily forget that this is a very big risk in the dark data arena, because yeah, it's it's not there. You don't know what 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 it is. You don't know what data you have, and you you certainly don't know when it's breached. Yeah, 
Yeah, that really brings back the importance of understanding your data, knowing what you have, where it resides. Um, so do you have some tips and tricks for our listeners that are struggling with uh, dark data at the moment? Yeah, an easy one, switch on the light. Now, uh, mm -hmm. start, a, no, no, start up a business case to identify possible dark data locations uh, where it's stored in the past. And when you find something, uh, start up data analysis. There are very useful pieces of software which can help you in these analyses. And when you have a data analyzed of, of a set of dark data, and you add your information government policies and rules to it, uh, normally up to 50% of this piece of data you can destroy immediately. So you can destroy immediately 50% of the risk. You can destroy 50% of the storage you have there. So that's it's saving you money also. The other half is normally eligible for archiving or for future evaluation to see whether you perhaps can reuse the data, yes or not. But one another one other hot topic or tip is before you start this business case, don't forget to refresh your information government policies upfront. Know what kind of policies policies you have to add to the dark data after analyzing. So again, yeah, switch on the light, uh, shine this light on, in, in these dark uh, corners. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Keeping your policies up to date, it's important. It's not just a one-off job. And especially that you mentioned, uh, new regulations will keep popping up. Um, so it's definitely not a one-off job. Um, so looking at the time, we have uh, time for one last quick question. So what would be the best first step for companies to take? Yeah, for the first step is to identify the possible risk you want to to mitigate or want to accept or not want to accept. That's very important because this risk question brings this topic to the board table. In the end, the board is responsible for all the data within a company and also for the part of the dark data and all the risk involved. They need to buy in to, to projects to allocate uh, resources and ultimately budget uh, for handling the dark data problem. But also they, they, they must see that they can save money in storage, they can save money in environmental issues, and they, they need to be compliant. So that, that helps it to get it on the table. And that is definitely the first step you have to take. And with that, we've come to an end of this uh, first episode. So thank you very much, Rob, for, uh, for joining us today. If you would like to know more about this topic, don't forget to download our ebook at ibermountain.nl slash circular-economy-ebook or uh, reach out to us on our website and get in, get in touch with one of our subject matter experts to discuss your own uh, personal challenges. We're always happy to help. In our next episode, we will discuss uh, how to do effective due diligence by using the right data, managing governance and lowering your data footprint. So thank you very much for listening and check out the other podcasts in this series on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and our website, ibermountain.nl. So thank you again. See you next time. Bye bye. Bye okay, bye.